0: Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast. Headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhardt.
1: Well, today is a special day for us. We are celebrating one year of this podcast. And in celebration of our launch, it's only fitting to go full circle with our discussion topic this week. The launch and 50th anniversary of the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta in New Mexico.
2: A year ago, we talked about Fiesta's return after taking 2020 off due to the pandemic. Last year was still big, but this year, it's hopefully a massive return to form with, as Gabby mentioned, the 50th event for this fiesta. In some ways, the promise is to be bigger and better than many years past. For our listeners who maybe have never been to Fiesta, some context, it's the biggest event in the state. Every October, hundreds of hot air balloons all take off from the city's Balloon Fiesta Park every morning for nine straight days.
1: And the Balloon Fiesta man himself is with us in studio to talk about it all. Tom Garrity, he's the lead at the Garrity Group PR and for years one of the spokesmen for the Balloon Fiesta. Tom, thanks for being here.
0: Great to be here, especially celebrating one year. That's really cool. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: Thanks. Thanks. First, just to set the stage for our listeners and give a broad overview of what we're talking about, because we know not everybody who listens to the New Mexico News podcast is in Albuquerque. So New Mexicans, of course, are familiar with Balloon Fiesta. But for those who don't live here, maybe haven't been to one, why is this event such a big deal? And how do you describe this event to folks?
0: Albuquerque is where the world comes for ballooning. And the reason that is, is mainly because of our weather. And in 1972, uh, 13 balloons launched from an area southeast of here in Coronado Center, uh, here being the uh, Balloon Fiesta Park. And they showed everybody just what flying in Albuquerque was all about. Uh, they were actually able to get the Albuquerque box that very first time. Of course, it was a little windy because it was in April. But, uh, you know, people come to uh, Albuquerque for ballooning. And so, about 50 years ago, when everything started, people said, you know what, we need to do this again and again and again. And so over the next many years, Balloon Fiesta moved from Coronado Center uh, down to the State Fairgrounds, along a myriad of other places along the uh, I-25 corridor until it finally ended up in 1996 at Balloon Fiesta Park. And what makes it so exciting is, especially for spectators, is the ability to see the balloons take off in multiple waves and then fly overhead and if the, if the Albuquerque box is in effect, they'll be able to fly right over again and again and again. So really that location of Balloon Fiesta Park is fantastic because it's it's perfect for pilots, it's perfect for crews, and it's also perfect for our guests.
2: for this year's 50th Fiesta. It's as many as 648 pilots, they've been invited. As many as 22 countries were invited, but I know that there's um, a little bit of flux as to if all 22 countries do show up. People are going to be hearing this episode on the Tuesday of Fiesta. So it'll be after a first big weekend, but what can people expect this year that's
0: different from the last? So there's going to be a lot of interesting things that will be taking place. We're going to have a lot more RC balloons. In fact, the RC balloons will be launching later in the week.
1: RC is remote control? It is, Okay.
0: yes. Unless you're down south, then it goes well with the moon pie.
1: Okay. (laughs)
0: Cola, the cola, got you. Yeah. Uh, And so we're actually hopefully going to set a new world record with 83 RC balloons, breaking the record of, I think, about 50 or so that was set in Germany.
2: It's just controlled by a remote, so I can control the burners. So just like your remote control airplane or boat, uh, same kind of concept. I can control each burner individually. So I have one burner here, one burner here. I have another burner up here. I have switches to turn off my pilot lights and to relight my pilot lights.
0: So the RC balloons are gonna be brand new, or actually second year, but brand new will be the world record. And then we're also going to see a brand new aerial show, which even though I know It will air on Tuesday of Balloon Fiesta Week. I can't say what it is because we're now recording on Wednesday before Balloon Fiesta Week. Right. No spoilers ahead of time. None. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Chris here,
2: pausing the interview real quick and recording this after the interview with Tom, since that aerial show he referenced is no longer a secret. Turns out it is a drone show. We hope you have enjoyed our new aerial drone show presented by Sandia Resort and Casino. This is the 50th Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta. It's a total of 300 drones all flying in unison with lights on, visually telling a story about the Fiesta, New Mexico, and more over a roughly 10-minute show. And by drone show, I mean just like that one that Lady Gaga had during the 2017 Super Bowl. You might remember with the American flag. Yes, no, Well, you can Google it. The drone show is pretty amazing to see in person because it offers a sort of 3D effect on the pictures that these drones are projecting in the sky through their lit up flight in unison. It replays this week, Thursday night at 745, then Friday, Saturday and Sunday morning and evening at 545 in the morning and 745 at night. It plays on the west side of the field. You can also check it out online. We'll post a link. Okay, back to the show.
0: Um, but you know people will see a lot of new balloons. Uh, we're going to be debuting several new balloons that have historical significance to Balloon Fiesta and the founders of Balloon Fiesta. Uh, and then of course a lot of the old favorites are returning uh, whether it's the uh, the Skytrax skydivers uh, Also returning for the very first time is the balloon discovery center uh, at the north end of the park and we're also going to have music fiesta which is returning and that's coming up this coming saturday uh, out at balloon fiesta with cole swindle Lainey wilson and uh, restless road all performing
2: we also know there's a lot of changes happening at the park related to parking and accessibility Uh, parking lots there's seemingly a way to find your space a little bit easier so we're color coding all of our parking lots and naming them
0: after Looney Tunes characters.
2: There's also been a question that's come up about skyboxes, one of the new things that you're seeing at the park. So maybe let's address that first. Skyboxes, these are shipping containers where people can get a view above the crowd. How do you explain the accessibility question to those who can't? climb up those stairs and use those skyboxes to get up to that level.
0: Sure. And it's a, it's a great question, Chris. I know that we've received some questions on social media about this specific issue Uh, and to provide a little bit more description for the listeners. They are shipping containers. Uh, You can actually through the skybox experience have seating outside. You can have seating inside, inside the shipping container, or you can go upstairs to view uh, the north end of Balloon Fiesta Park, where you have the Yoda and Darth Vader, a lot of the you know, special aerial show will be out there as well. Um, but we received a lot of uh, feedback from folks in the ADA community about the lack of accessibility to that top roof. And you know, as soon as we uh, you know, heard about the concerns, uh, Balloon Fiesta did a couple of things. One is we contacted the creator of the sky boxes uh, because we actually Balloon Fiesta purchased them from an, another entity, uh, and to see what was possible uh, to you know really kind of create uh, an environment for. Uh, you know folks who might not be able to navigate the stairs uh, and then we also reached out to the city of Albuquerque uh, because we wanted to make sure that we were in compliance and um, You know because it is a, the event that it is and it's a private event uh, and the size of the upstairs area uh, We learned from the city of Albuquerque that we were fine with the uh, With the structure as is that we did not need to add on to it now from a personal perspective, uh, I can tell you that accessibility is very important. Um, reason being, uh, my grandfather was actually confined to a wheelchair uh, for the later part of his life. And so you know, I knew if he was at Balloon Fiesta, he passed many, many years ago, um, that he would love to you know really experience the event in total and stuff. And so um, you know, he would be able to enjoy the skybox most definitely a sport, but just would not be able to get up into that upper area. But even the Garrity Group, you know, we're a sponsor of Balloon Fiesta. And our balloon pilot, a gentleman named Martin Philpot, out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, he has a fantastic balloon and a fantastic team because um, his balloon is actually retrofitted uh, to take um, mobility challenged individuals, mainly veterans, uh, to, who are just trying to you know, find their way back into society after war or service. And uh, he, he takes veterans up uh, who are sometimes confined to a wheelchair. And so you know, accessibility is very important. Uh, you can experience Balloon Fiesta a variety of different ways. It's just unfortunate that the Skybox uh, is uh, not gonna be able to do that this year. What
2: can people expect different in the parking area? As I mentioned a little bit earlier, there's changes to make sure people can find their spot a little easier.
0: One of the changes that uh, we made this year was, uh, you know, when people get to balloon Fiesta park in the early morning hours, it's dark and they're thinking, okay, great. Let's just get to the field. And then afterwards they're going, where did we park? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so I've been there. What we did is, is we partnered up with the Chuck Jones studios who owns the Looney Tunes copyright characters, uh, granny, Bugs Bunny, Wiley coyote. And, uh, we actually labeled a number of our parking lots. So, uh, all the public lots have a unique Looney tunes caricature, that's associated with that blot. And it also includes a QR code. So if when somebody parks, they're able to look at their Looney Tune character, it'll have a QR code, open up the Balloon Fiesta app, and it will remember where you parked. So you can go out to Balloon Fiesta Park and afterwards, just call up the app, click your parking space, and it will guide you how to get back to your car.
1: Uh, I wish that existed for other parking situations I'm recalling. (laughs) Um, So, 2020 was the first year in event history that we didn't have a balloon fiesta. It was a real weird year. Of course, due to limits on mass gatherings and the COVID-19 pandemic, when the event returned last year in 2021, it seems like there were big crowds again, but maybe not quite to the scale that we saw in 2019. Brittany, Balloon Fiesta officials say they saw fewer visitors this year than in 2019. But considering the pandemic and three canceled events because of weather, attendance was
2: still higher than expected. I was um, thinking that we might come in at about a 20% reduction uh, in years past. So to come in at 10% off of what we did in 2019, I was really surprised and pleased.
1: About a 10% reduction in attendance um, in 2021, Balloon Fiesta saw for, just to give people a better idea, 783,866 guests, and then compare that to 2019, about 866,414 so what kind of attendance are you expecting this year when we're obviously at a different stage in people's comfort levels for traveling and being in big crowds?
0: Balloon Fiesta does not go into an event saying, that okay, we need to have X number of guests because we know that all those numbers are impacted by a variety of things. Weather being most important. If people feel like that there's, you know, the weather might be in question, they're gonna stay home. Uh, if we have a weather delay or a weather event, then you know we know that they're going to be delayed in coming out and stuff. So, uh, you know, the, the numbers that are important to Fiesta are those of the numbers of safe launches and safe landings, and so that's really where the focus is. Um, you know, the really uh, the the benefit of having so many successful launches and landings is that people keep coming back. And people keep coming to New Mexico to enjoy it, uh, to enjoy the event, to discover the Southwest culture, uh, to eat a lot of fantastic breakfast burritos. And we're able to track the, um, the economic impact uh, from our guests who visit Balloon Fiesta Park. And we know that the folks who make it out to Balloon Fiesta Park generate an estimated $186 million in indirect economic impact about 109 million of direct. So, you know, the, these are folks who are supporting small businesses. And that really, those are the numbers that really make us glad.
1: Plan to see a lot more law enforcement officers at Balloon Fiesta this year, a sign of the times, safety officials say.
0: We're expecting record crowds this year. You will notice that there will be more public safety officers on the park than ever before.
2: You know, we had another challenge last year in getting some of those international pilots to Albuquerque are there challenges this year with getting more pilots from overseas to participate still
0: in in some respects? Yes. In some respects, no. Um, you know, last year we had a chance to host, uh, you know, seven, uh, countries, uh, pilots from seven countries this year, we have the chance to invite pilots from 22 countries. Ukraine is not going to be able to attend, uh, you know, because they, you know, there are some real conflicts going on in that part of the world right now. Um, but, uh, you know, With the world opening up more than it was a year ago, um, we are seeing more of an influx of international travelers. And here's what I also think is interesting about the international angle, is that when you look at the pilots who were invited and the countries that they represent, uh, it really speaks to the sport of ballooning as a place that people put down their political differences and they just enjoy the fantasy of flight. Uh, You know, because in addition to Ukraine, We also have Taiwan. And Taiwan has really been, those two countries have really been in the the focus of so much news uh, as they're going through different transitions and threats in their own right. But the nice thing is that they're able to come out or at least have the vision of coming out to balloon fiesta to, uh, just enjoy flying and just, you know, with their biggest concern being, you know, what are the winds going to be so I can launch and what are they going to be like when, when we land? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Far and different. There's
1: immunity right. there with those concerns.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll have uh, Turkey, uh, United Kingdom, which is going through its own, uh, you know, transition in leadership right now, uh, Belgium, Brazil, Canada, Croatia, uh, the Czech Republic, France, Germany. You know, it's really uh, a lot of fun. And Flight of the Nations, one of the things, actually, you know what? For the listeners who are going to be going out tomorrow, um, knowing that this will be dropping on Tuesday, Wednesday, Flight of the Nations, go back after the balloons land, go back to the balloon field and start sampling all the different food that the international pilots are preparing. Because you know in the past, the Brazilians and the French have created such fantastic spreads. Uh, and they do it all on the tailgates, right? Wow. And uh, it it's really it turns out it, to be a kind of a culinary event after the event.
1: The commercial ballooning industry in Albuquerque claims new FAA rules will lead to canceled flights.
0: Those rules also force pilots to avoid the most scenic parts of the city.
1: One of the big stories that we covered over the last year was also the FAA's sort of newly enforced regulations on aircraft, which included hot air balloons that they be equipped with a special device called an Automatic Dependent Broadcast Surveillance. And that's in order to fly in Class C airspace, which in our case stretches from the of Pueblo up to Rio Rancho and it also includes the area around the Sunport.
0: The restrictions that took effect in September require balloons to have tracking devices that can be detected by aircraft in controlled airspace. Scott Appleman owns Rainbow Riders which offers paid flights year-round to about 25,000 people.
1: Having the restriction of uh, in the Class C or Charlie airspace on a five and a ten mile radius off of the Sunport Really makes it difficult for the balloons to be able to go in, to be able to fly without worrying about uh, violating that airspace.
0: That means most of Albuquerque is off limits. And launches will be canceled if the wind is blowing the wrong way.
1: So we had the mayor, balloon pilots, lawmakers, even the governor stepped in on Balloon Fiesta's behalf. And the FAA did grant a waiver for last year's Fiesta. From what I understand, the current letter of agreement between the FAA and the ballooning community is effective through March of 2023, with a long-term solution still in the works for that. Mm-hmm. Is that right?
0: Yeah, and so inside the uh, the ballooning world, we call this ADSB uh, for the just as a shorter way to describe the the technology. And so the ADSB issue is really has two arenas. One is the balloon fiesta arena, and then the other is the larger ballooning community arena. Um, what made a lot of the news uh, earlier in the year was the larger ballooning community. Uh, reason being is is that. These regulations have been around for several years and so Balloon Fiesta has been successful each year because of support from our congressional delegation to um, you know really get that waiver from the FAA for the event. However, the event is very interested in making sure that pilots can fly the greater Albuquerque area year-round because you know the winds will take balloon pilots to areas that you know, hopefully that they've flown before. And so that's the whole goal of the ADSB is to make sure from a balloon Fiesta perspective that the pilots are familiar with the areas where they're flying over in case they need to make a landing, that they're not making the landing for the first time in a year in that particular area because of an ADSB issue.
1: Yeah. And that was another question I had about that, because it's not just during these nine days in October that our skies are filled with hot air balloons. As we know, We have a very unique climate here where ballooning is also part of the economy in New Mexico. And so we did hear from those balloon pilots who said, you know, these FAA regulations would be limiting as far as getting that year-round practice flying and landing around Albuquerque, which can be challenging. Have you heard any concerns from pilots or the pilot community about this lately?
0: Since there is a... um a waiver that's been granted. Everybody's like, has a, taken a sigh of relief, but they know that in a way, and this is just me talking as a person, not on behalf of balloon Fiesta or pilots, they're kind of kicking the can down the road. Um, It's going to have to be addressed at some point in time, and hopefully there will be a permanent fix. There have been a lot of great – there are a lot of great pilots uh, in Albuquerque who have been advocating for this particular issue to be resolved once and for all. In fact, uh, Sam Parks, Director of Operations for Balloon Fiesta, is actually a part of a a select – Uh, Senate committee to make sure that, uh, you know, every that this issue gets addressed and gets addressed quickly. So, you know, there are powerful voices who are providing some great insight to the FAA. And uh, hopefully, the issue will soon be resolved and not kicked down the road. Maybe
2: a little bit more of the the layman's understanding of why this is maybe a concern for them, uh, for the balloon pilots. Is it just then having one of these devices, are they hard to get? Do they weigh a lot? Do they cost a lot? Are they hard to
0: transport? I mean, what's the what's the big deals necessarily? Well, it, there are two arguments. One is that they don't exist. And two, the ones that do exist mm-hmm. are um, very... Very large and would prevent uh, any kind of flight. I see. Okay, so it is so, a big weight and size thing. Yeah, so it's a transponder, and you know transponders are accustomed to being used in uh, in you know aircraft, fixed wing aircraft, and uh, and helicopters, uh, and it is uh, it's something that can weigh quite a bit, and for a balloon, which is a very light aircraft on a good day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to add, you know, this large amount of equipment, uh, you know, there's, it just makes flight, uh, it's not compatible with flight.
1: I wanted to ask about landings too, cause this is another sort of news element that I'm familiar with, uh, doing stories about. So in the last 50 years, we've certainly seen a lot of development change in Albuquerque and it's not uncommon to see balloons landing in business parking lots and even near freeways sometimes. Um, How has the change in landscape and limited landing spots changed how pilots and event organizers prepare for Balloon Fiesta?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And it's an issue that a lot of people are addressing in different ways. Um, You know, I've been in Albuquerque now for 30 years. And during those 30 years, I have seen how, you know, apartments have gone up, homes have gone up. Um, you know, we didn't have the Montano Bridge right. <laughs> 30 years ago. Uh, so there's just a lot of additional development. And even when Balloon Fiesta moved out to its new park in 1996, it was out there by itself. But now you look out there in that North I-25 corridor, and there is just a lot of construction. So the city council uh, has really started with Brooke Bassan, uh, Councillor Brooke Bassan. Uh, she has really taken this as a, uh, a cause of hers to really uh, have the city acquire more property, uh, but also to have the city code altered um, to make it more palatable for landings. Like for example, there is a part of city code. I'm I'm not going to. I'm not an expert on it, so I'm just going to repeat it the way that I understand it. Is that requires a certain number of trees to be you know to be planted or a certain number of um, lights like uh, overhead lights? Well. Instead of having them required to be spaced out over a certain amount of time, which would you know, a certain area, uh, you know, of a parking lot, which would prevent a parking lot from being used as a landing area, why not cluster all of those trees in one part of that parking lot? Uh, so that way, it'll create more of a, you know, an environment for animals and birds, but it will also create a landing space for balloons. And so that's the kind of common sense approach to, you know, let's take the code and make it palatable so everybody succeeds uh, as a result of the code. And it would as a result, it would create landing spaces for balloons.
1: I just think that's so fascinating. We we did a story about this on KRQE Investigate, so we can link to it in our show notes here. But if you're interested in the nitty gritty details, yeah, basically this is something businesses and developers have to consider is the ballooning community in New Mexico and trying to preserve it. So balloon friendly, you know, is your business parking lot balloon friendly? Can a balloon safely land here? These are questions that is just so unique to Albuquerque. I feel like
0: it really is. Will there be a day where
2: you think Fiesta has to cap the number of balloons that take off from the field over maybe some of the concerns over landing limitations?
0: I, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not one to speculate. So (laughs) all I know is, is that, you know, for this year, when we're launching, we're going to have, you know, four per square. 648 balloons plus, we're going to have four balloons per launch square. Uh, And, uh, you know, on a typical year, it's usually about two balloons per launch square. So we know that the, you know, it all depends where the wind is going. So, you know, one of the big challenges to landing balloons uh, for us is if the wind comes out of the southeast, or southwest rather, and it takes balloons to the northeast. Uh, In that case, it takes them right to the uh, Sandia foothills. Uh, which is really not a a favorable landing area for balloons. So, you know, that just, you know, when the winds are out of the north, then we have more landing spaces available. Uh, When the winds, the box is in effect, and balloon pilots are able to navigate to certain landing areas, then that's very favorable for landing.
2: This is one of these, another future kind of Fiesta Outlook questions. Um, And I think it speaks to the event broadly uh, in terms of the sort of financial accessibility of the event, so to speak. Fiesta has always kind of come off as one of those family-friendly, affordable events, I think. Um, And we all know that that's pretty important in New Mexico, just in the sense that uh, you consider the statistics in the state. We know there are a lot of families that deal with poverty out here. There's The jobless rate has always been a little bit higher here than many surrounding states. Uh, Meanwhile, you know, you kind of see Fiesta over the years, in some respects, has has just gotten even more attention, right? There's there's things like uh, TV shows filming there. Um, you see celebrities go there and share it uh, to their followers, and it attracts more people. And then, you know, we mentioned skyboxes earlier. That's a, a premium sort of thing meant for those who want to pay the money to, to make that kind of experience even more comfortable and memorable for them. So... With that in mind, I guess my question to you is, is there that consideration of how do you balance that, making sure there are enough affordable things, but also trying to push the limit a little bit and say, hey, there is stuff here for people who have money and who want to spend
0: money on an event like this. How do you balance those two? Well, uh, very carefully, Uh, you know, the Balloon Fiesta has a volunteer board, uh, which is really impressive because when you look at other boards around the country, you know, they're not volunteer. Uh, you know they're, you know, uh, well I'm not going to go there, but anyway, so it's a volunteer board, and they get, they work with the event a hundred percent, which is really great to see an active board, and then they they work on with the team sponsorships, and they work on effectiveness of delivery of services. So we know that there's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, favorability when it comes to creating a family friendly, friendly environment, which includes the price. Uh, there, whenever the prices are discussed for admission, it's a very long thought out discussion. And one reason you've not seen a lot of increases over the years. Uh, and one, you know, because when you look at the event, New Mexico, uh, just in New Mexico, not compared to other areas like in Phoenix or in Houston or in Dallas, uh, the event is very affordable. Uh, plus, children 12 and under are free. And families who want to be able to, you know, maybe not, you know, indulge on all the stuff on Main Street can bring in coolers, their own drinks, you know, everything will be subject to search, but they can bring a giant cart of food out to the Balloon Fiesta Park and just make a day of it. So, you know, making sure that Albuquerque remains a part of the community means that making sure that the community has a way to be a part of Balloon Fiesta. And that is one of the things that's very important to the event and its board of directors and its staff.
2: It sounds like that board of directors is at the heart of seemingly the keeping it affordable. You could go a different way. You could turn it into a really corporate event and a really high money event, I guess, so to speak, that hasn't happened.
0: Well, and the money is reinvested back into the event. Uh, You know, part of the lease agreement that Balloon Fiesta has with the city of Albuquerque is to invest and improve Balloon Fiesta Park. And that's one of the things a lot of people will see this year is, you know, a lot of new millings or new pavement along parts of Main Street, which is really great. But also the event goes into supporting pilots. And the reason it's so important is that a lot of the pilots, uh, you know, they do this as a part-time, you know, kind of gig. They do it not even as a part-time, they, you know, they're weekend warriors and stuff. And so when they start determining how they're going to use their two weeks of vacation, um, we have to make sure that it's really worth their while when they come out. So we will cover hotel rooms. Uh, we'll give them a great, great swag bag of, of gifts. We'll feed them, we'll throw parties for them, uh, and we'll, we'll take care of all their propane. And so, you know, the money that Balloon Fiesta, uh, you know, generates over the year or through the nine days goes directly back into the event.
1: Since we are still in the middle of Fiesta, if you haven't made it out yet over the weekend and still wanna go and maybe haven't made the trip, Tom, what time do you get up in the morning to get on the road or if you're biking? I know it's different if you're biking versus Mm -hmm. if you're driving.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the, the first events will be starting at about 5.45. So, you know, now that we're through the first weekend of the big crush, uh, you know, it was probably a, a, a lot of heavy traffic and stuff. During the like on for Wednesday's mass ascension, if you want to catch all the events, you could probably leave at about 515, 530, get to the park no problem. But when you get to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, increase that by about 45 minutes. Uh, you know, so for the midweek, you know, like for Thursday. I would say be on the road by you know five o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that second Saturday, be on the road by four o'clock.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I rem- recall leaving before four. Yeah, once before. I'm at usually least. on the
1: road before <laughs> four a.m. because I am nervous <laughs> about getting stuck Same. in traffic.
0: <laughs> well, in the uh, the Thursday events. Uh, the Thursday, Friday glows, that's usually when a lot of the heavy traffic occurs because we're not able to put up our our typical traffic patterns because there are businesses that are operating and we want them to be successful. But unfortunately, because of all of the pressure there is on Balloon Fiesta, we see a lot of traffic generated, especially Mm -hmm. on Thursday and Friday.
1: And there's a new ramp this year
0: now that's oh yeah thank you for bringing that up gabby you know we have the city of albuquerque has uh, created they moved the on-ramp to southbound i-25 uh, to align with the exit from balloon fiesta parkway so as people are exiting balloon fiesta parkway the new mexico state police will be able to guide them directly onto southbound i-25 which is a game changer because you know everybody you know takes about two to three hours to get to Balloon Fiesta Park, but everybody wants to leave the same 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that's rough.
0: The the number one thing for people to remember is if you have a question about Balloon Fiesta, there are a number of ways to get information through balloonfiesta.com. Uh, our team also actually monitors and uh, works the Facebook group Uh, for Balloon Fiesta. So we're able to keep people updated on what's happening at uh, at Balloon Fiesta there.
2: Well, Tom, thanks again. We appreciate you and hope you have a successful 50th year. Yeah, I hope there's a
1: lot of safe launches and a lot of safe landings that people can see and enjoy.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thanks again to Tom Garrity for letting us grill him on everything Balloon Fiesta. We hope you get a chance to check it out this year. If you haven't, it is really cool and hard to describe unless you're actually there. It is one of those experiential things. Do you agree, Chris?
2: I do. Lots to experience uh, in terms of weather patterns, how those affect the days, whether or not there's clouds dotting through the skies. Um, Every time I've gone to Fiesta, it's been kind of a different experience as the balloons are sort of hovering over the field, taking off from the field. So there's always something new, a new way to experience it.
1: Yeah. There's nothing quite like waking up to the sunrise over the mountains and it's crisp in the morning. You're a little bit cool with some coffee and ai am I'm a breakfast burrito girl.
2: Mm. If anyone has suggestions on cinnamon rolls, where to get them in Albuquerque, please. I am all ears all the time. Uh, and also, if you have a, you know, a tip on a podcast idea, you can always email it to us too. Chris.McKee at krqe.com. I'm also at at Chris McKee TV.
1: If you put cinnamon rolls in the subject line, you'll probably get prioritized. Just so you know. <laughs> Easily. But you can also reach me. I'm at gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com via email and and gburknm on social media. Happy one year anniversary to us. Thank you all for listening.